Well, it's great to see everyone on a snowy morning. It is a beautiful morning, to, to, to be sure, and I'm glad we're, uh, we're together. I know there are others that are joining us on uh, the live stream today, and we're, uh, we're glad that we are all together with the one focus of offering our praise and thanksgiving uh, to the Lord. Jamel, we thank you so much for being with us. God bless you, brother, and your good work at UofL. We know that good things are happening there. Lord bless you. Well, not to be undone by Miss Ashley, I'll tell you this story. A couple of years ago, I did a wedding in uh, Philadelphia for some dear friends from Lexington. The morning of, uh, of the wedding, Cheryl and I had a, a few hours to, to hang out, so we... Uh, we took the opportunity to run around downtown. After uh, a couple of miles, we found ourselves uh, running up the rocky steps, no less, at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. I got to be honest with you, they really weren't that big, that big of a deal. So we, uh, we found ourselves up at, the, uh, up at the top of those steps, and uh, we have uh, my son, John. <laughs> Do you see the resemblance? Oh, I, uh, I really don't, and I know that you don't either. <laughs> Since the late uh, 1800s, uh, the YMCA logo has prominently featured the importance of body, mind, and spirit. Since the wise earliest days, they have understood the importance of, of nurturing all three, body, mind, and spirit. These past couple of weeks and talking about health, we, we've been trying to do the same, emphasizing body, mind, and spirit as, a, as an integrated whole. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about bodily health, but mostly wanted to get across the, the fact that when it comes to health, we are indeed that integrated whole, body, mind, and spirit. Last week, Ashley talked about the, the disposition of the heart or the spirit and its effect on the mind. Well, that sort of thing cuts both ways. We, we know that to be true. What we think about has bearing on the, on the heart, just as the heart has bearing on the mind. Paul writes in, in Romans 12 too, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What we think about, about has effect on the whole of life. Paul writes in Philippians 4.8, Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Right thinking is that important. This morning, we concern ourselves more so with the things of the Spirit. Today, we study that well-known scripture from Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. I call uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, refrigerator scripture. We all do well to put a copy of it on our refrigerator with a big magnet, so it's not going to be moving around. I remember sitting in the church office of my first church on the Monday after the first sermon I had preached there. I had worked on that first sermon for weeks and weeks, 
And now I was faced on that Monday morning with coming up with a, a new sermon for the very next Sunday. I, I remember sitting there. I remember thinking. I remember anguishing. Oh, my goodness. I've got to do this again just seven days from now. And off the journey went. Just so you know, when it comes to preaching, Sundays come around all too quickly. I remember that Monday just like it was yesterday. I spent time uh, leafing through the Bible just to find the right scripture. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, just sort of jumped off the page. It seemed to sum up what God expects of us. So I went with it the next Sunday. That passage has been a favorite of mine ever since. So let's hear it just now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. God's word for God's people. A study conducted by sociologists at Purdue University asserts that people who practice their religious faith regularly appear to be healthier compared to people who never attend a house of worship. That study found that 4% of those who regularly go to church or synagogue reported poor health compared with 9% of those who, who don't attend a house of worship. 36% of weekly worshipers reported that they were in excellent health compared with uh, 26% of, of non-intenders. Just recently, a study was published that states that the rise in deaths of despair, which seem to be so rampant these days, may very well be fueled by a decline in religious practice. That's significant. What is interesting is that this impact seems to be driven by the actual absence of, of religious participation rather than belief or maybe even personal activities like, like prayer. The results that this study asserts underscore the importance of cultural institutions such as religious establishments in promoting well-being. That's another way of saying people need to go to church. We know it to be true. God offers strength for life that can be found in no other way. And participation in church helps us be alert to that. A quick run through the, the Gospels tells us that, that God is concerned about our health. His son went about healing people with all sorts of, of ailments. Jesus, in responding to those who were sent by John the Baptist to ask if Jesus was the Messiah, he, he had this to say, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, 
and the good news is preached to the poor. Jesus was concerned about the health of those that were around him, just as he is concerned about the health of those living today, including you and me. Now, to be lost in the long list of miracles Christ did is his concern for the health of the whole person. And as we talked uh, just a bit ago, body, mind, and spirit. You, you may remember that, that Jesus um, healed the, 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 uh, the paralytic, that great story from uh, Mark uh, 2, 1 through 12. It's a story where uh, Jesus was preaching in a particular home. This man's friends uh, approached that home, and it was so packed it was that, that no one could get, could get near it. So they took the man to the top of that house, they cut a hole in the roof and lowered their friend through that hole to the very feet of Jesus. And it was there that Jesus healed the man. But he not only healed the man physically, but he healed the man spiritually. And that's the important point of what goes on here. Jesus made it a point to forgive the man's sins. He did that first as a matter of first order, as if to say he needed to take care of what really needed to be taken care of. The man needed to be healed spiritually. So Jesus healed the man of his sins as a matter of first order. As you know, we're in the middle of a sermon series on, on being healthy God's way. And we're using the, the book of Proverbs as, as that series foundation. The book of Proverbs has a word on a variety of subjects, including what it means to live a healthy life. To that end, the book spends a lot of time on what it means to be spiritually healthy. We shouldn't be surprised at that. If we're not spiritually healthy, we won't be healthy otherwise. Our scripture for today from Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 is written from the point of view of a father offering counsel to his son. Let's face it, as parents and as grandparents, we're always teaching for good and for bad. It behooves us then to be as intentional as we can be about teaching right things to our children, the very things that our children need to hear. Well, this father doesn't just offer advice, but he offers wisdom to live by. He talks about trusting God with, with all our hearts. The stuff of trusting God with all our hearts is, for the, for the most part, contrary to the collective wisdom of uh, the present day. That wisdom says, don't trust anyone, God included. For so many, God is, uh, is left out of the equation. The world's wisdom asserts that it is foolish to lean on God for strength. If you're going to lean on anybody, lean on yourself, says the world. Pull yourself up by, by your own bootstraps. I know for me, running on my own energy only gets me so far. There are limits what, to what I can do if left to myself. Conversely, 
The, the possibilities are limitless when I give myself over to God. Trusting in God makes a supreme difference. It is the very place He wants me to be. On New Year's Day, we prayed a wonderful prayer together. It's called the Wesley Covenant Prayer. Let's rehearse that yet again. Lord, let me be your servant under your command. I will no longer be my own. I, I will give up myself to your will in all things. Lord, make me what you will. I put myself fully into your hands. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or let me be laid aside for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. Now that's trust, giving it all over to God, trusting Him to see us through. Just recently, I ran across a, an article about a, a group of skiers that were, were being trained to not only to ski, but to, but to slalom ski. And as you know, slalom skiing is, uh, is awfully tough. You, you go in and out of various skates as you, as you race down the, the hill. The interesting thing about uh, these skiers learning how to, to slalom was that they were all blind. The skiers were, were paired with, with other skiers who, who could see. Those blind skiers were first trained on flat ground on how to turn left and, and right. When, when that was mastered, they were, were taken to the slopes where their sighted partners then skied right alongside them, shouting left or right. And it was with those commands that the, those skiers who could not see made their way down the slope. That's the way it is for the Christian life. We are blind when it comes to the journey ahead, and we need to trust. Certainly trust more than we recognize, and, and certainly even more than we, we do. It comes to us to rely solely on the one who sees far beyond what we can see. There's nothing quite like dependence upon God. I love this poem. Hear it. Trust him when dark doubts assail you. Trust him when your strength is small. Trust him when to simply trust him seems the hardest thing of all. Trust him. He is ever faithful. Trust him for his will is best. Trust him for the heart of Jesus is the only place to rest the only place to rest in, in faith and trust is we make our way through life. When it comes to trust in God, the call is to commit our ways to Him. And not just marginally. You see, when it comes to the stuff of trust, we're, we're either in or out. We are not to, to lean on our own understanding, but upon God. How's that sort of thing working out for you? 
How's it playing out in, in your life, trusting in God with your whole heart, not leaning on your own understanding, but trusting in him? Down through the years, I have on occasion said to those who have counseled, you know, if, if I were a doctor, this would be my prescription. I will then go on and offer a, a bit of advice about their situation. I'm really not that great of a counselor. I, I give a lot of advice when I, when I counsel. I have even uh, written that advice on, on a three-by-five card, just like a doctor would write on a, on a prescription pad. Prescriptions are, are offered with certain outcomes in mind. I can't help but be struck by the outcomes stated in our passage for today. If you do this, then this will happen. Proverbs 3, 8 reads like this. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. There's the outcome. And it's not a bad one at that. In preparation for today, I, I read uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, and Eugene's, Eugene Peterson's uh, paraphrase of the Bible, The Message. And it, too, just sort of sprung off the page. It reads a lot like the sort of prescription I was just talking about. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try and figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in all you do and everywhere you go. Don't assume you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. These are things that bring spiritual health, which in turn brings health to the whole of life, body, mind, and spirit. Let's pray together. And God, we thank you for the grand challenge of placing our trust in you Lord, we do find ourselves so blind in this life, so often not knowing exactly where to turn, what to do, where to go. Lord, we are thankful that you are leading us. We are thankful that you are right alongside us. It is our prayer that we, uh, we trust in you, that we not so much lean on our own understanding, but that we seek you and your wisdom, your way, your direction for our lives. We thank you, Lord, for bending our way, for touching our lives, for blessing us in Christ, for giving us new life in him, for looking to transform us in Christ in all ways, to the end that our relationship with you is healthy, to where our relationships with others are the same, 
to where we find ourselves strong in every way, body, mind, and spirit. We ask this prayer in the name of Christ, trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen.